0: church to remind those who are seeking for the good that it is found in Christ. The study,
1: the study, the study. Man, one of the things I noticed, and I want to be careful how I say this because I don't want it to come across as extra critical uh, at all, but one of the things I noticed is just sort of like in the air in terms of just regular church life, the Christian world, Mm -hmm. sort of the, you know, always Mm -hmm. borrow the term generic American church. All right. Um, It's just, it seemed like one of the things that people are really excited about in terms of just the congregants, regular churchgoers. Okay. And what they sort of expect when they show up Mm -hmm. on a Sunday morning is to hear something about self-empowerment, self-improvement, you know, something that has to do with maybe bettering your life dealing with your past trauma. Mm. Like, those are things that really excite churchgoers today. And uh, it just mm-hmm. makes me think, like, is that the right appetite that we should bring to right. our Sunday morning experience? Or are we yeah. coming there to look? Is that the core of what Christianity is after?
0: Huh. <laughs> it, you know, it it kind of gets to this whole thing of needing to be relevant, mm. you know, um we folks who are who are in the church we don't want to be kicked to the curb we don't want to be cast aside we want to we want people to take us seriously and so when we live in a time when people are all talking about uh empowerment people are always talking about you know uh getting rid of past victimizations and so The church tries to keep up with the Joneses, in essence. Dr. Luther had something very interesting. He said, it's in Luther's works, volume 31. He said, the gospel of God is something which is not very well known to a large part of the church. Therefore, I must speak of it at greater length. Christ has left nothing to the world except the gospel. Think about that. (laughs) See, we look at that, the gospel. Yes, we know the Bible says it's the power of God unto salvation, but what do you do when people aren't asking to be saved? You know, they're not asking to be delivered from a personal hell. Instead, they're asking to get more resources to have more influence, to have their past pains, traumas healed. And they know that there are other entities in society that offer to do that too. So what does the church do? Either one, it retreats into its little ghetto where it speaks Christianese and creates its Christian society with its Christian TV and its Christian radio and its Christian movies where they speak Christian buzzwords and then, you know, they just throw rocks at the rest of the world. Or the other side is, well, we try to get in on where the world is buzzing and we try to put our two cents into that buzz to show them that we are with it too, that we are still relevant, that we can still be a part of this. This marketplace of ideas—that we're just another idea, yeah, right—in yeah. the
1: marketplace. Mm, that's good too. Which I love that the quote that you brought up because mm-hmm. you know it—it it narrows down the intention of the church, mm-hmm. the 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 point of the pastorate. You know, Christianity is not to be one option among many, mm-hmm. where you can just sort of get a non-Christian version of positivity or the religious Christian version of positivity, Uh, Yeah, you know, and I think the more you start to market that and put dollars behind it and, um, you know, put it in shiny lights and you display that to the world as Christianity. That's why people come in droves, which seems to be the opposite of Mm -hmm. the difficulty that the, that Christianity has had. When you look at the scriptures, it seems to be this this warfare that the devil wages with Christianity. That's not something that just so easily wins over the masses. Not to say that throughout church history, God hasn't done super cool things with a lot of people, with other nations and saving powerful, influential people. That's not the point. But you do see that oftentimes um, Christianity is, is, is going against the grain. So when you see it yeah. sort of flip, it's like, how did it get so popular? The, cool, all of a sudden. The thing
0: is, for example, okay, on the day of Pentecost, five thousand men plus women and children. But that was remarkable. Yeah, you know, people are like, what is going on here? And and they're talking about this Jesus that was just crucified about fifty days before. Why are all these people following this guy? He's risen from the dead. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty unique, but but still, you know, they're they're talking about a whole nother kingdom, a whole another. They're talking about that there's a life that's more important than this life. Uh, no, this life is the only life I know. It it takes a move of God to get you out of that kind of complacency. But this thing that's going on nowadays, it dovetails with this life under the sun. It's saying you can have your best life now. You can
2: have heaven on earth. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. It's funny because when you talk to people about church or about what do they expect Mm -hmm. when they go to church and hear a sermon, you start hearing things, well, I expect them to talk about the political landscape. I expect uh, it has to be something about social justice or something going on in the world that's harming and impressing my people. Things that are important topics that really impact people. But is that more essential than you hearing about Christ for you, Mm. Christ crucified on Sunday. There's a lot of times when you ask people that, they come up with a slew of reasons, and you'll notice if you just give them them a second to talk. It's a Christless answer. Mm
1: -hmm. It's a
2: Christless answer. You're literally treating church like it's Fox News or CNN or whatever your uh, societal commentary style Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Let me toss this. I would love to hear y'all engage with this. So it's like, piggybacking off that, I think a lot of the the criticism the church has received is because of unrealistic expectations of yes. the church. So people kind of are very critical of the church and they'll say, man, why the church ain't talking more about financial mm. uh, freedom mm. or leaving the you know generational wealth? Yeah. Why the church ain't talking more about sexuality and intimacy and how to have a a healthy marriage bed why the church ain't talking more about you know getting involved in local politics and learning how to vote and they take all of these expectations they heap it upon the church and then a pastor in a particular local assembly and then we get all this criticism when really that's not the role of the church yeah. There you go. You know what I'm saying? A lot of this should be handled within your home life, your family yeah. structure. It, you know what I'm saying? Is, gets... I wouldn't
2: go to a farmer expecting finance advice. You know you see what I'm saying? Mm. Uh-huh. My pastor's profession is giving me Christ crucified. That's his specialty. That's his expertise is, yo, here's the sacrament. Here's the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Lord you are gospel. forgiven. Yeah. Telling me Christ and telling me, this is the answer. This is who died for you. This is who paid it all for you. Look to him. That's his. That's his specialty. That's his PhD. Whatever expertise label you want to put on it. Mm-hmm. So to expect him to step in and be yep. your your personal stockbroker. <laughs> that, that's not yo. Like you know, most of us aren't making
0: that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> We're not living like that. I see that Jesus piece, man. <laughs> but but you know, here, here's here's the thing. If These are your areas of concern, whether it's economic empowerment, relational empowerment, social empowerment, political empowerment. All of these deal with things that perish with the user, things that pertain to this life. In reality, it's idolatry. And folks don't even realize it, that they are worshiping idols. They have hands but cannot touch. They have eyes but cannot see. They have lips but cannot speak. You can address all these issues all you want in the church, and someone else can address those issues in another forum. And now the church has to try to prove that it is legitimate in addressing these issues when you're addressing issues that perish with the user. The one thing that none of these other entities, no one else can address is the issue of sin before God. Mm. And the reason why these other entities want to keep you focused focused on everything but sin against God is because they don't have an answer mm. for right. the problem of sin against God. They have nothing to tell you yeah. when it comes to against you only have i sinned and done this evil in your sight the words that david said after his affair with bathsheba yeah right you know mm. when when you address that issue that's why the world would, the world would love you the devil would love it if you forgot that you're going to die mm. just think about the fact All the things that we have out there nowadays, thanks to, you know, medical technology, you know, that they can lengthen your days or make you feel younger, longer, or they can make you look younger, longer. They can cut you up and change how you look so that you can fool people into thinking that the way you appear on the outside is really who you are. And it's various permutations of that, some of whom are more painful. And none of whom actually address the problem that we all deal with. We're born into this world. We didn't control that. We live this life, and there are a variety of things in that part that we don't control. And then our life ends. And even if you say, well, I'm going to control that by, you know, I'm going to take myself out. Well, even then, you still aren't controlling one more thing. The next moment, Mm. the next moment after that last moment, you don't know what's coming. It's darkness. Right. Yeah. But the gospel says that there's a light that shines in that darkness. Yeah. The light of the world, Jesus Christ. And that is the one whom the church is given the happy vocation of proclaiming. Yeah of announcing the good news of Jesus Christ. No one can take that from us. No one else can do that because only the church is Christ's bride. Yeah. Amen. But see that right there. So,
1: so like I'm thinking of people that I know who will hear this and have more questions. So they will say, amen to everything we saying, but where they're going to get stuck is, but aren't we as the people of God who have, the most sensitive hearts towards the brokenness in mankind or humankind, we're aware of why the world is the way it is because of original sin and a fall. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't we, out of all people as a church, be active in dealing with matters pertaining to neighbor and brokenness in the world? So the disconnect is how does the church therefore empower Mm -hmm. us as Christians to get out there and do the neighborly stuff, and that's where they get a bit stuck, and then they expect the church to devise a bunch of programs mm-hmm. to practically own the ground. I, right, We need after-school tutoring programs. We need Alcoholics Anonymous, mm-hmm. Narcotics Anonymous. We need to devise uh, nights where we come together to put together protests because so-and-so mm-hmm. just got killed by the police. Like People really have created this... Sort of construct for yeah. how we ought to respond if we are the ones who care the most about it. You know,
0: it, yeah. here's another place where Lutheran teaching uh, shines. Mm. We talk about things that are temporal and things that are eternal. And Lutherans use the phrase two kingdoms. If you understand that all of life is under God's authority, Kierkegaard said that there is nothing in creation to which Jesus does not point to and say, mine. Well, then if everything is under God's authority, but not everything operates the same way, we have things that pertain to this life, we have things that pertain to the life to come, and God operates in those two areas differently— It relates again to the whole law and gospel paradigm, that God uses the law in temporal matters to advance His agenda. He gives direction, instruction, which is what the word Torah actually means, instruction on how life should work in this world that He created. And when we don't go in accordance with His instruction, things get loopy. Things get messed up. Things get broken because we don't. But that isn't addressing the right-hand kingdom, the kingdom, the heavenly places thing, where everything is about our relationship with God. On the left-hand kingdom, we have societal issues that need to be addressed. And we have ways
2: in which we are called to address them. It's called our vocation. That's what I was about to add. Yes. Because it's crazy that they expect the person who's saying what you're saying, mm-hmm. what you mentioned about how, yo, society has this and this. We expect the church. This is, it's almost as, okay, I look at that person saying, yes, the church is the body of Christ. You're in the body of Christ. Why are you looking for the pastor to stop proclaiming Christ and use that, what you're talking about, above that and it, not talk about Christ as much when you can start that? Mm-hmm. you can embrace your vocation and get involved and organize that. How come people can raise the issue up just to dump it on somebody else? Mm-hmm. That's good. How come you you can't organize that and run with that? And I can't speak for all pastors, but I would like to think if it's a holy issue or a true issue impacting the people, he will be like, hey, I love that you're doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll help in a step where I can. Because a pastor's job isn't a Sunday job. A lot of people don't realize that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like they're literally, my pastor, he's going to hospice care. He's going to hospitals. He's meeting people where they're at, talking to their kids. He's, he's bringing Jesus to people in a lot of context. That's their PhD. Yeah. 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 Yes. I don't want you to stop doing what's most important, man. Bring Christ to these people.
0: Yeah.
2: You see know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yes. And, oh, that's and, good. and if you're in the congregation and Christ has put that on your heart, How come you can't step in and take that conviction of it not happening? Yeah. And you go out and do that, and the church will help and talk and and support where it can, but it falls on you also. It's easy to pass the buck.
0: That's facts. When I was in Gary, Indiana, uh, that was a common refrain. You know, with all the churches that are in this city, why does the city look like this? And I would generally reply, well, who is it that— that belongs to all these churches, don't most of them? Aren't most of them people that live in Gary? Well, yeah, okay. So, your person that lives in Gary. Uh, what resources do you see people in Gary having? What makes you think that the churches which are populated by people who live in Gary have any more resources? Yeah. Now, then, but then there rises this other quote solution to it is the pastor entrepreneur. Hmm. Now, this is the guy who he wants to do something, you know, and he knows that there are economic issues. So he says, well, I'm going to start a business. And that sounds like a wonderful idea. This pastor who's starting a business and he opens a restaurant or he opens a car wash or he opens, you know, what have you. And because, see, now there's there's a few more people to get jobs. And that's a wonderful thing. Uh, But in the process, now he's got to divert time from, what he was called to do, hmm. which was to bring Christ to people, to right. bring the forgiveness of sins to people. Yeah. To bring Christ's body and blood and make it real to people. Nah, that's and good. he's now yeah. engaged in keeping books yeah. and marketing schemes. Yeah. And competing with other businesses. Yeah. And now he gets to try to. Use God's law to guilt people into supporting this business. Just by supporting this business, you're supporting the kingdom of God. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. Man, that's so good too. And I think I think
1: some of the disconnect is in this place too. So you'll have while that's going on, a, a pastor might be divided, trying to devise mm-hmm. other ways to get streams of income. Mm-hmm. But then meanwhile, instead of encouraging the people to be involved in their vocations, wherever they are, serving burdens you see, attacking those in a positive mm-hmm. way. Instead of that, we put the focus on piety or calling the congregants or just the, you know, the churchgoers to be living right. So then you sort of you sort of have this introverted idea of what it means to be a Christian. So then you spend a lot of hours mostly thinking about, well, let me stay away from sin. Let me make sure I'm listening to gospel music all day, praying and and in my word all day, because you're you're thinking this is what I do with my time as a Christian mm-hmm. is to try to stay squeaky clean. Right. But when I'm thinking about big efforts of change, I think the church as an institution needs to do that because mm-hmm. the church has a, a fund, they got money, resources, mm-hmm. and they thinking that's what you ought to be doing. But with my time, I'm to be staying away from sin, and we get back to sort of that disconnect in Mm -hmm. terms of thinking Christian life is performing to such a high level so that God sees that, and then he's saying, job well done, Mm -hmm. my good and faithful servant. So it's that disconnect.
2: Yeah, we end up living
1: vertically before the Lord, hoping that, He's validating my efforts to
0: stay pure from the inside. So, let so me, he'll give us more resources so, that. And so we that can cycle. do more stuff, mm. so we can get bigger, so we can show people that, you know, we've got the inside tracked on God because look at all these wonderful resources. See how God is showing that we are his favorite children because we've got all this stuff, and we've got all this political clout, and we've got all this financial influence, and we're on TV, and mm. we're on the radio, and— Every other pastor who isn't doing that, well, they're not really, of God, Mm, you should be. And so we we start biting and devouring one another.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. And in the meantime, Jesus doesn't get preached anymore. Mm. Economic empowerment gets preached. Political empowerment gets preached. Social justice gets preached. But Jesus isn't preached no more. Yeah,
2: or he just ends to a mean. Yeah, he just you know. He goes, he's, Jesus, he's doing, that yeah. means you should be out here fighting for this, 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 and follow me over here while we go storm the. We go do all these things. Yeah, and it's not. Well, what about forgiveness of sin? What yeah. about Christ working on me, sanctification, and Christ me just depending on Him, realizing He's all I got. Yeah.
0: Christ in you, the hope of glory gets left behind, for Christ in your social influence circle opening doors for you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's good. Cause then you start to feel like those are spiritual wins. So the, the you know the sort mm-hmm. of purpose flips and you feel like these are spiritual wins because we're becoming more moral. We're getting better in terms of mm-hmm. showing up to church on Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, like more just regularly being in a building. And then you think this is what God was after in the first place, as mm-hmm. opposed to The actual purpose of the church and the pastor.
0: It's funny. You look in the book of Acts, which is not prescriptive, but descriptive. But nevertheless, when it largely describes the activities of the church, it's rather common and ordinary stuff. They fellowshiped together. They met together. They had meals together. uh, They were attended. They listened to God's word being preached and taught they helped one another they weren't trying to really they weren't trying to do anything that would have uh singled them out or made them seem to be the center of attention but it was said that see how they love one another now that might not seem like much in a world that desires to be the top dog the king of the hill but you know, after you've done all that striving and struggling to get on top of the hill, you're still going to need love. You're still going to need fellowship. You're still going to need to break bread, to do the things that is really is part of life in the church, that you don't have to have a lot of resources to do. You can be materially poor. And abundantly rich in Christ. But if you're pursuing material goods and material influence and material affluence, yeah. you'll forget about Jesus. Yeah. I love that. Because then you end we end
1: up making a goal like world domination. Mm-hmm. The kingdom should dominate. We should take over the prayer of Jabez. you remember that? Everywhere you step. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is my territory. The church, we can morph into thinking our goal is to. Make everything Christian and sort of have that kind of Christendom, if you will, and as opposed to the mm-hmm. simple thing that you see in Scripture, love mm-hmm. your neighbor. Wives be like this. Husbands be like that. Children be like this. Ephesians 4, let the thief no longer steal, but rather get a job mm-hmm. so that you can help those in need. Regular stuff. That's what Christianity is, regular stuff.
0: Regular stuff. And yeah. And see, there's another thing that's behind it, yeah. and sometimes we forget about it. Peter writes about it. Yeah. He says that this world shall be wrapped up like a scroll. Mm. It, it it shall be burnt up. Yeah. And then God will create a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Yeah. Now, while you're busy and, and, and it's good, right, and salutary <laughs> to help your neighbor meet daily needs, to help him and her with their fam- family issues, to uh, support local businesses because that helps, you know, with economic improvement in a community. Those things are, are good and useful, but they're not the end all and be all. All of those things will perish with the user. And when Christ returns, None of those things will be of any significance. They're good for now, but they're not good forever. We need the church to remind those who are seeking for the good that it is found in Christ and in his kingdom.
2: The study, the study. The study. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen.